0: Hello and welcome, this is a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yerbolonko, I am editor-in-chief of ukraineworld.org. Today we will continue discussing Russian military build-up on Ukrainian border and possible threat of Russian full-scale invasion. My guest today is a well-known Ukrainian foreign policy expert, executive director of International Renaissance Foundation, Alexander Sushko. Good afternoon, Alexander. Hello. Thanks so much for joining this podcast. So, we are living in a very nervous uh, nervous situation, nervous time because we see the Russian build-up on Ukrainian border. The many international partners are talking about this. The the massive build up and uh, Biden and Putin are talking about this. Then Biden and Zelensky are talking about this. What is your impression? Is the large scale military invasion of Russia against Ukraine possible?
1: Russian aggression is uh, possible at any point, and it's already part of our life uh, since 2014. Uh, we have. We are living in so-called limited or restricted uh, aggression, warfare, and suddenly uh, there is not the first time when we speak about the option of Russia to escalate to even higher uh, full-scale, as you say, uh, military intervention. So, it suddenly this is an option which is on the table of Russia for many years, and um, that Specific of today's situation is, first of all, that preparation is probably the most significant and the most systemic as compared to the previous cases. However, it is not the first case, sure. So I remember some similar cases even a few years ago when Ukraine was alarmed and uh, as compared to the, those cases, I can, the fortunate sign is now the whole world is treating is more seriously than before. And this is my, I would say, the, my say the positive assessment of that situation that for the first time, we have the, the most serious reaction of the global centers, and first of all, the United States and also of uh, the biggest European capitals so uh, so this is not only ukraine which has acknowledged this option but also the entire world and this is a big cha- this is a good change uh, because now because previously our complaint, or our say, what happened before that the west reacted only after Russia did something, uh, including very painful steps against Ukraine, against other neighbors. So only after the Western powers did something in order to prevent further escalation or some way to stop or to prevent other steps. So now it's for the first time we see some preventive measures by the biggest Western capitals, you know, which, which happening before uh, something irreversible happens. So I think this is a good sign. And uh, certainly this is a uh, case where we may see the, I would say, tactical approaches of, of various actors, including Russia, first of all. And here I say that I may acknowledge that Putin is well prepared to these complicated games, these games in which nobody can really say what Putin is really going to do next day. Uh, Putin has a menu of the options and uh, suddenly he can either escalate or just de-escalate or just uh, continue doing things as he do, he does. So... This is a big option, and uh, certainly we do not know what happens next. However, we have to acknowledge that, that uh, Putin has a variety of instruments, including military and diplomatic, and uh, certainly this is his game. He tries to continue. When he builds some problem, he makes some steps in order to escalate, and then he just uh, may uh, make some steps in order to de-escalate. So Putin has
0: different options, and uh, we still—I'm I'm, afraid—we still don't understand really his motivation, why he is doing this. Because the Russian propaganda is saying that look, it is not us who is attacking, but it is right NATO country. So Ukraine is preparing an attack on occupied Donbas, which is kind of a very absurdic uh, absurdic judgment. Do you do you see any, any major motivation? Does does he does he wants to you know raise stakes because he wants to get Nord Stream two done right, or he thinks you know geopolitically and he really wants to return to the world of you know the world of geo, the zones of geopolitical influence?
1: I think that major motivation of Putin is to demonstrate the weakness of the other side. Who is the other side? This includes Ukraine, this includes Western Europeans, and also the United States. What means weakness? Uh, First of all, he wants to demonstrate the West that the democratic world is not capable and not willing to defend Ukraine. So this is his main point to, uh, to make them to acknowledge this some way. He wants to he understands that probably there will be no ultimate response of the West on his far-reaching demands to stop NATO enlargement, to stop any kind of military supplies and any kind of security assistance uh, vis-a-vis Ukraine. He understands that it is not on the table, but anyway, he may uh, stimulate further divide in the West, while at least some significant group of political forces, experts, intellectuals, start thinking that let's, maybe there is some reason behind Putin's logic. Maybe it would be too much for us Westerners to, to enter this Eastern European nowhere land, which is not very much part of our natural space. Maybe Ukraine is not so much about the vital Western interests to protect. And certainly he managed to do this. He already stimulated such a discussion, which demonstrates the lack of integrity, lack of sustainability on the side of the biggest Western power. And maybe at a certain point, uh, somebody there in the West will say, OK, anyway, NATO is not, not a real option for Ukraine in the foreseeable future. So let's maybe trade with this. Let's try to bargain. Let's maybe promise Putin not to uh, make any next steps with vis- vis- NATO, so NATO enlargement. And maybe it, it gives some ground for the de-escalation. I think that this is the realistic expectation on the side of Putin, which I understand that in the West, there are lots of hesitating people, including in the political elites, in the intellectual elites, who really have some doubts if there is a good good option for their countries to be engaged into this conflict, either maybe it is not their conflict. And I think that Putin is trying to reach this objective through this kind of escalation. I have already read some articles and blogs in Western media saying that this is not our war. This is not something for which our citizens should suffer, this Russian-Ukrainian conflict. So we we should not be engaged. And this is a way towards towards dismantling the unity of the West, of the Western powers. But
0: on the other side, we see, for example, that yesterday's G7 statement and the United States are trying to get those partners. At the same time, we see kind of a really divide between Eastern European, Central European NATO states and Western European NATO states. So... uh, Putin at the same time divides, but on the other hand, he, he with his actions, he consolidates his enemy, his counterpart, like we see with Ukraine, how the increase uh, of the support to NATO membership uh, in Ukraine, or for example, support to EU integration in Ukraine. So do you think he's succeeding in this divide? Good question.
1: Fortunately, Putin does not understand Ukraine. His perception of Ukraine is entirely mistaken. And he proved his non-understanding for many years, starting from the period of Orange Revolution and then including the Revolution of Dignity. Certainly, he misunderstood Ukraine for several times and he continues to do so. However, certainly, he has certain space for maneuver. So, he he doesn't require an immediate immediate response. He can Wait, and this is his advantage as compared to even Ukraine, because we in Ukraine have more limited resources of survival, of economic stability, of political stability, and he understands that, okay, anyway, sooner or later, there will be another time, there will be another opportunity to undermine Ukrainians' integrity and stability. And then with regards to the West, I also think that, to a large extent, he underestimated the willingness of the Western powers uh, to, de- to defend some basic values. But at the same time, he understands the weakness. He understands that the in the most of the, especially in the Western Europe, public opinion is not in favor of stronger confrontation. For Russia, uh, with Russia for the sake of Ukraine. So this is not what is in, in the deep mood of the society. And he expects that political elites will be less sensitive to, to this conflict, try to build more distant distance to, to this problem. Certainly, it will not result in immediate change of behavior of the Western European governments. But at the same time, uh, he wants to build up not just the military potential along Ukrainian borders, but also some political potential in the West, saying that, guys, sooner or later, you will accept another Yalta you will accept some sort of dividing of spheres of influence. Maybe it will be not designed so in a so, so straightforward way as Yalta was designed, but it may have different shape. It will look differently. But anyway, it will be some decision where you guys um, accept that in this part of the world, uh, Moscow has a primary hand, the first voice, and the others around Moscow have just limited sovereignty. So, this is a concept of limited sovereignty which was applied a few decades ago uh, towards the uh, communist bloc countries. Has to be applied to the immediate na- Russian neighbors, which Russia considers as as the sphere of its natural interests. And uh, so he, he thinks that this is still possible. And I think that this is his, uh, his uh, plan A, the major, major plan. He thinks and his advisors talk to him on this. So this is the option. The West is weak. Sooner or later, it will be defeated and sooner or later they will accept new Yalta. So this is major preoccupation.
0: But do you, do you see the changing the logic in the Western powers as well? Because we see that, well, we can, we, can, we can see broader in the situation. We see that the Western powers went off Syria, for example, and Russia entered Syria. The Western power, the Americans left Afghanistan. And in many cases, Afghanistan is also subject to Russian influences. Do you think that the West, uh, the United States, UK, to a lesser extent EU members are starting thinking also that you should think differently with regard to Russia? You should not think in in terms of, you know, positive sum game and that you should always talk, find compromises, but rather you should uh, respond with force, not not necessarily military force, but economic force, uh, stronger sanctions, etc.
1: They are already in this logic. Since 2014, and uh, Putin's uh, expectation that the West is getting to be exhausted of this. So this uh, they are already accepted this logic, and it is painful. It is unusual. It is uncomfortable in the long-term perspective. For the West, and sooner or later they have to reconsider it into some sort of, uh, I would say, idea of mutual benefits, coexistence. There will be no longer partnership. There will be no longer any sort of even informal alliance, no illusions about this. But some sort of coexistence, which may include acceptance of russian veto at least veto power in the region on uh, some important strategic decisions of the neighbors and uh, what is unfortunately for ukraine is uh, something it's it's a bit resonating with uh, perceptions of uh, the western european elites who are very much reluctant when it comes to the long-term arrangements vis-a-vis Ukraine. So they they are willing to support, to provide some diplomatic support uh, as a reaction to the Russian uh, aggression. But they are not ready to consider seriously long-term inclusion of Ukraine into the Western institutions. And this is exactly what Putin has and he sees his chance so that because this status of Ukraine nowhere, so some way just Ukraine in the gray zone, finally it may comfort him. It may be acceptable just if if the West agrees that that is a long-term status quo.
0: Do you think that the, the, the whole idea of buffer zone, it is expressed continue regularly by some Western experts saying that look uh, Ukraine shouldn't be NATO it should be neutral and uh, there are, should be no military basis either of NATO or of Russia on Ukrainian territory do you think that's uh, giving giving the situation that we understand now giving the the expansionist trend in Russian foreign policy do you think that th- this is a realistic solution uh,
1: this is not a realistic solution because we already have Crimea occupied, we already have Donbass occupied. In theory, we could discuss it uh, uh, in the peaceful situation, in the situation of the basic international harmony in this part of the world, under the say atmosphere of Mm, trustful cooperation, if it happens. So everything can be on the table. I personally do not believe in this formula, but I could accept this as a part of debate if we have normal relationship in this part of the world. But we, uh, we don't have it. We don't. And the uh, current level of uh, unacceptance of Ukrainian identity, Ukrainian independence, as Putin expressed in his article on the historical unity of Ukrainians and Russians, gives us no space for maneuver, I think, because this is not about neutrality, this is not about some Finlandization, as somebody may say. Uh, This is more about the framework in which Putin, in the long term, may restore its power over Ukraine just using the fact that the doors to the Western institution closed for Ukraine. Because sooner or later, people will feel exhausted. People will get tired of this uncertainty. And under certain circumstances... Uh, Russia may get a new chance in this part of Europe. And so I think that this neutrality is unfortunately path into this direction. So that is why I think this is not applicable.
0: My last question, let's think about internal situation in Ukraine. Do you think that uh, in the case of invasion, Ukraine is prepared to it militarily and politically? Certainly,
1: I'm not a military expert. Certainly, I know there are millions of uh, men and women in Ukraine who are ready to defend its, their own country. But at the same time, I also know that military power of Russia and Ukraine is asymmetric. So you, even if Ukraine gets prepared even more so it's further develop its military capacity, Uh, it will not be equal to Russia in in the sense of military capacity. So um, that is why we cannot rely only on the military capacity of Ukraine. That is why we so strongly need the Western engagement and Western support in order to compensate this visible asymmetry by military security means, diplomatic means, political means, economic means, whatever, this is very important. I think that suddenly Putin is getting prepared to the full-scale invasion. But it doesn't mean it necessarily happens. And the more signs of solidarity Ukraine has from the West, the less chances that Putin invades. This is my reading of the situation
0: thank you so much alexander it was a very Big pre- pleasure for me to talk to you. We had Alexander Sushko, who is a well-known Ukrainian foreign policy expert and executive director of International Renaissance Foundation. This was a podcast Explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I am chief editor of ukraineworld.org. Subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, Google Podcast or Apple and follow us on social networks, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and stay with us.